Hello and welcome. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair. This podcast is very strictly for over 18s only. Betting comes with significant risks. Please be aware of them. The BeGambleAware.org website is a great place to go if you need to learn or brush up on the risks that come with gambling. This is the sound of the start of your weekend. It's also the sound of the start of George Alec's birthday. Happy birthday, George Alec. Happy birthday to you. How are you, my friend? Thank you very much. And also happy birthday to Ben Cloak at Benji CAFC, a long-term pod listener who we were born on exactly the same day, 31 years ago. We discovered it last year on the 30th and Ben remembered this morning and sent me a lovely message at 9.26am. So I wanted to give him a shout out because he said... Thanks as ever for yours and Ali's fine podcast, which keep me going throughout the week. So Ben, shout out to you. Happy birthday. I hope you have a great day. Up the Ben. You also share it with Peter Michael, Michael Dawson, Luke Chadwick and Mark Albrighton. That'd be some five-a-side team. Schmeichel in nets, Dawson at the back, Chadwick and Albrighton high and wide and you just doing bits through the middle. Um, but also you share a birthday with American comedy actor Owen Wilson. Nice. Wow. I was hoping you were going to say, wow. Yeah. Wow. My sister told me a very weird story about him, which I can't actually tell on this podcast. Nothing to do with her, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> We've spent six years avoiding libel and slander on this podcast, and we will continue that Imagine run. if we were sued by Owen Wilson. Wow. That, that would really harm our chances of getting Ryan Reynolds on the pod next year when, uh, when Wrexham are promoted. Finally, this is the best of the lot. I don't think you even know this. A lot of people say that we are the Ant and Deck of football podcasting. Ant McParlane. I've always thought you were the Ant as well and I was the Deck, so that works well. Nice. That's that's fun. And Chrissy Allen. You keep forgetting him. Sure. I think we should leave this behind because we want to talk uh, weekend selections from the EFL. Last week was a great week for us. Uh, a combined, what was it? You 4.85 points up. I was 3.5, so over eight points up between us from our selections. For me, it was all about the 7-4 to four nap winner of Mansfield. And I got, finally, a goals bet up. My BTTS, yes, double a Walsall's late goal in defeat to Harrogate uh, was what got me up there. And you, well, it was all about Friday night's 6-1 to one goal scorer winner, Josh Sheehan, stepping up from the spot to stick Bolton ahead. And you had picked him at 6-1. to one. Your longest price winner of the season, I believe. You also got your next best up with Newport, drawn a bet. And you laid Sheffield Wednesday at 1.66. And Gillingham spoiled the Wednesday party. So let's get stuck into this weekend's action. And George, let's hope for some happy returns, eh? <laughs> yes let's Many. Uh, my nap but weirdly you know being a bit of a data nerd mm -hmm. uh normally my picks are based on the numbers but i'm going pure narrative here i'm throwing the the, the spreadsheets out the window and bringing in some turf i think increasingly that's not a bad thing to do because as we know the bookies the bookies probably have better data than we do at this point yes um, so I am napping the team that I bet against in my nap last weekend uh, in Bristol Rovers to beat Tranmere Rovers in the Battle of the Rovers. Um, they've had pretty different starts to the season, both uh, disappointing in their own way. Uh, for Bristol Rovers, the, the drop down to League Two, I think a lot of their fans hoped for 
a fast start. It, it didn't happen. They struggled. The relationship I've spoken about a lot between Barton and the fans has always been strained. That's only increased this season. Uh, Barton has said some pretty weird stuff in interviews at times. Um talking about Bristol Rovers as a, as a charity case, um, promoting his own um, uh, achievements in the game and kind of almost intimating that Bristol Rovers are beneath him. But whatever has happened, there's no denying that the last 10 days or so have been by far and away the best of, of Barton's time as Bristol Rovers manager. Um, they got a very late uh, equaliser in the FA Cup against Oxford at the Cassam Stadium to force a replay. They then went 1-0 behind against Northampton and scored twice in the second half to win that game. They were then 3-1 down in extra time uh, on Tuesday night and scored three times in uh, the second half of injury time to qualify. And the the noise at the Mem, I mean, we know that that is a, a stadium where when it's rocking behind that goal um, on the left-hand side where, where you're kind of looking at it from the camera, it's a, it's a hell of a place. And the noise at the end of that goal, it kind of feels like the whole place is, is kind of galvanised a bit. I, I'm not necessarily saying that suddenly um, Bristol Rovers fans are on board with Barton, but certainly it feels like the players are definitely playing for him. You know, if you think of the last week, we've got a comeback to draw, a, a come from behind to win, and then an incredible result and, and late show in midweek against the side, not only in the league above, but, but coming sixth in the league above. So I, I think there is even though the the numbers don't show it yet, I think there is cause to think that Bristol Rovers are now moving in the right direction and there might be a bit of value in siding with them. It's just handy. They're playing against a Tranmere team who I think are, are very, very poor. Um, they, you know, when they went through that run of not conceding many goals, we said it was unsustainable. Unsurprisingly, they are now conceding quite a lot. They've been fairly toothless going forwards. Um, they were better. They were better on, on Saturday in terms of, of attacking output, but they're still not, in my view, um, I don't see much to, to suggest there would be anything better than a mid-table League Two side. So given what Bristol Rovers have done to better opposition in the last week or so, I'm happy to chance them. Um, well, not even chance them, I'm happy to bat them. They're, they're near enough 6-4. to four. I think they're 29-20, to 20, so just just shy of 6-4 to four to win this game with Tramir 15-8. to eight. I think that is um, value. I think if this game was to be played in a couple of weeks' time, if Bristol Rovers continue their, their recent form, That'll be a fair bit shorter. So um, trying to jump in front of the the good run, uh, which I think we're going to see from the gas. So 29 to 20, Bristol Rovers to beat Tranmere is my nap. My nap is also in League Two, and it's another Rover, uh, Forest Green, the Rover variety of, of them. Forest Green, 11 to 10, to beat Hartlepool away this weekend. Now, a lot of people will think, hold on, aren't Hartlepool amazing at home? And the answer is they were and now maybe that veneer of invincibility has gone. Last Friday night, they lost to Newport. That was their first home defeat of the season. They started, didn't they, with uh, six wins and a draw in their first seven uh, before that defeat to Newport. And if I'm honest, it was reflected in the numbers how much better they were at home than they were away from home. It wasn't necessarily reflected in the numbers that they were so good at home that they were going to keep winning every single game. And they come up against a Forest Green side who are well, obviously top of the table, 31 points from 15 games, and also are better away from home than they are at home, uh, both in terms of points accrued where they've got 18 from eight away games five wins and three draws and no defeats at home it is well 13 from seven less than two points per game at home and both their defeats have come 
at the new lawn or the innocent or whatever they're calling it these days. So uh, Forest Green, very strong away from home, certainly reflected in the underlying numbers as well. Their XG ratio away from home, stronger than it is at home. Big thing for me here is that Hartlepool played against Wickham uh, away from home on Tuesday night and they won in the FA Cup. Brilliant win for them. 1-0, got a goal, fairly backs to the wall stuff as you might expect, but an impressive advance to the second round of the FA Cup. All this without a manager, of course. The caretaker manager, Anthony Sweeney, is clearly doing a good job, got them up for that cup game, got the win. He is currently the joint favourite for the job, but not particularly sure. It strikes me, George, that this manager search of Hartlepool's was obviously kind of thrust upon them uh, when Challoner left for Stockport, something they clearly weren't expecting. We had the weird Andy Woodman saga, uh, and now there's just a bit of a vacuum in terms of information, in terms of suggestions about where they might turn. I suspect they might just see how Anthony Sweeney does for a couple of weeks. Is that the right thing to do long term? I don't know, but it doesn't escape me that Hartlepool's fortunes seem to be tied to Challoner more than any other individual or any other aspect of the club necessarily. Fair to say that it was Dave Challoner and his quality as a manager that dragged them out of non-league eventually after a good few seasons and started so strongly uh, in League Two. I'm not sure we should assume based on the strength of squad or whatever it might be, that the next manager will just have them ticking over in the top half of, of League Two as they are right now. So I'm keeping a pretty close eye on Hartlepool. But I think they could be pretty knackered having gone to Wickham on Tuesday night and such a backs-to-the-wall win, so much concentration and energy spent there. It was their full first team, of course, in order to beat Wickham. Whereas Forest Green have just been chilling, really. They haven't played a league game for two weeks because of the international break. Uh, they had a nice pizza trophy win away at Walsall in midweek, um, sort of couple of first-team players involved, but otherwise they've just been resting. So it's a, it's the best team in the league, in my eyes, who are better away than they are at home, and they're going away to a Hartlepool side who are in a, a bit of a holding pattern in terms of the dugout. Clint Hill's gone as well. Uh, that's confirmed this morning. He was an assistant or first-team coach to Challenger. Can't see them being at their best here. So having lost at home to Newport last week, I'm picking them to lose again this week at home to Forest Green, my nap, 11-10. to 10. Next best, George. Your next best in the, the narrative punting stakes i'm backing middlesbrough to get off to a flyer at home to um millwall um at 11 to 10 you know i'll be spoken about chris wilder and the impact that he's set to have at borough and i think that there is um reason to well i mean i personally believe that the um the arrival of him and alan nil provides a, a much better long-term tactical future uh, for for Middlesbrough, I think they are they're better tacticians than Neil Warnock, and I know that Warnock has, gets a lot of credit. And he, you know, of course, he's been a fantastic manager at Championship level. His man management is something he's known for, um, and he certainly is a, a manager who, at least in the kind of public domain, looks to protect his players at any cost. But I think that Chris Wilder is someone who um, will get a reaction very very quickly. We've seen him do it. You know, I was at. Um, I was at his first game at Oxford, uh, away at Salisbury. Uh, we lost the game. Um, Sam Deering broke his leg. Uh, but I remember in the in the interview afterwards, the incredible passion and complete um, 
anger, any complacency was then so quickly shone through in our performances. He then took over Northampton when they were bottom of the of the EFL, bottom of the Football League, and very, very quickly turned around their fortunes and led them clear. At Sheffield United, it was the same case. It didn't take long for him to get a reaction. And I think that is going to be the case here. I think the Borough have a better squad, squad than Millwall. Uh, we know how reliant Millwall are on Jed Wallace for their attacking output. Uh, I think the fact that Wilder's come in at the beginning of an international break, so he's had the best part of two weeks to work with the players who haven't been on international duty to work out how he wants to set his team up uh, is a massive plus here as well. You know, it gives him the opportunity to actually put his stamp on the team, whereas often you'll see managers come in and for their first game, they've had 24 hours, 48 hours to work with them. So um, I think that we are going to see a, a a performance that is going to be better um, from the general performances that we've seen so far from from Borough. And if I'm right, I think that 11 to 10 on them to get a home win against a side who, who generally don't travel too well and and have struggled for consistency and form over the course of the season um, is generous. I mean, I'm, I'm looking to get with Borough um, in as many ways as, as possible, really. Um, I bat them to finish top six as well on the Betfair exchange, I think at about 6.2, so five to one. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see an, an immediate change of fortunes there and I'm looking to get involved immediately. I'm going from... Rovers to Wanderers, just synonyms, aren't they really, those two words? Uh, Wickham Wanderers <laughs> in League One, more specifically. I'm picking them to beat Bolton Wanderers at 21-20 uh, to 20 in the Wanderers derby this weekend at Adams Park. Wickham, their last two home games, they lost, both of them, at Tuesday on Tuesday at home to Hartlepool, 1-0. Uh, last weekend at home to Portsmouth, they lost 1-0. I'm not worried at all. I think that this is a good time to back Wickham to win a home game because I think their general level at home consistently is very, very strong. Scout had them down for 3.63 expected goals against Pompey last week for zero scored. And you know what we think that means that they're doing the right things and that eventually the bad luck that they've had, the poor finishing, um, that doesn't last forever. So I'm expecting a, a pretty strong reaction as well. Under Ainsworth, I would never worry about Wickham you know, tumbling into some really bad spot where they go through a, a terrible run of form and performances. I'm not seeing that at all. And at home, in general, ignore the last week, Wanderers are a beast, particularly at League One level. You look at their underlying numbers at home this season, they generate over two expected goals per game at Adams Park. Uh, in terms of imposing themselves on their opposition and creating chances, I, I really believe in them. They're up against a Bolton side who last night went to extra time at Stockport, lost 5-3. I think there's surely got to be some hangover from that game. Just a, Not just the fact that it's a Wednesday night game, not even just the fact that it went to extra time, but it was just such a crazy night. And you can't tell me that that's not going to have some sort of uh, fatiguing impact on them. I think there could be a bit of a hangover word. from that. Uh, and I think this is a terrible place to go if you're feeling a bit leggy and if you're not right at it because Wickham... Uh, are going to make you defend your box. And if you don't do it well enough, then they're going to score two or three goals. Bolton in the last six weeks have not been in great nick, have they? Um, they beat Crew last weekend on a Friday night. I mean, that's as close to a gimme as you can get at the moment. Uh, in their last six, it's, it's that one win, one draw, and four defeats in the league. Um, they've also played Stockport twice. They drew at home. They lost away uh, eventually in extra time. They've had a Pizza Cup win at Rochdale. I just don't think they're in very good nick at the moment. One thing I'm looking out for with Ian Ever is when they go through poor runs of form, possibly because of his the way that he leads the club, uh, it can it can feel quite quite dark. It can feel quite grim. It can feel a bit chippy and a bit and a bit angry and a bit fractious. 
Uh, certainly to start last season in League Two, of course, they were in, in terrible form. Now, the flip side of that is when it's going well, well I haven't seen a, uh, a manager put together a run of form like they had last season for a long time. So we should make that point very clear as well. But it appears that he could be one of those managers whose leadership lends itself to, to amazing runs, sure, but also some, some pretty extensive lows as well in a way that, for example, as I said earlier, I wouldn't be worried about Wickham having a similarly low time with Ainsworth just because of the type of leader that he is. Anyway, but that's my next best, Wickham Wanderers against Bolton Wanderers, 21-10 to 10 to win with Betfair Sportsbook. And don't forget that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to both singles and multiples. No cash-out suspensions whatsoever during the games uh, on match odds for all EFL games with the Betfair Sportsbook. Let's make use of its twin brother, The Exchange. Who are you laying this weekend? I'm going to double up here, mate, if that's all right. I'm going to have two bets in one game. Wow. My goal scorer and my lay. Birthday liberties. Um, Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm laying Mansfield at 1.83 at home to Scunthorpe. Um, it, it, this isn't necessarily that I'm not buying Mansfield because th- there's clearly been an improvement in terms of their performances and the results. You know, they've won back-to-back games. They've done well in cup competitions. You look at the last four matches, the XG ratio table, they're sitting in seventh with a 56.7% XG ratio just behind Forest Green. Things have definitely improved. And, you know, I'm not saying that they aren't going to continue. I'm not convinced they're suddenly a very good side, though. I don't think they're going to go on a, a mad winning run, although knowing Nigel Clough, uh, it, can, it could happen. Um, this is more, again, buying into the narrative around uh, a certain manager coming into Scunthorpe and making things just a bit better. Uh, Keith Hill's come in. I think we immediately saw a, a far, far better performance from them uh, in drawing one all against uh, Salford on the weekend. They were just better. They looked more solid. Um, they looked like they understood what they were trying to do. And you know, again, looking at the last four matches XG ratio table, they've much improved. You know, they're they're operating at fifty one percent, so bang mid table. Um, I think there's just enough here for me to think that maybe this is a game between two fairly well matched sides. Really, uh, I mean, I know that Mansfield have obvious qualities in terms of the actual personnel that they possess, but if you're looking at the performances recently, I think it's two teams who were very very bad for a while, who both got capable managers now, and um, are, are maybe moving upwards. And the odds suggest to me with Mansfield being you know basically four to five that this is one team in Mansfield who are on that trajectory and one team in Scunthorpe who are still uh, a hopeless cause I'm not buying into that narrative so I'm laying Mansfield and I'm also gonna go back to a, a losing bet I had a couple of weeks ago which was Ryan Loft to score any time because I, I think that if I'm right and if Scunthorpe do improve under Keith Hill I think Loft is going to be probably the most important player because if you're looking at the uh, individual player XG table for this so far this season from open play you've got Loft coming in at about 10th now given that's XG per 90 at at 0.48 given that um, Scunthorpe have been so poor for that time it's kind of made all the more impressive you you look at the names who are around him he's got 0.48 per 90 xg sam nombe 0.47 luke armstrong 0.47 jamil matt 0.46 matt j 0.49 jimmy proctor 0.51 i mean these are the elite scorers in the division unsurprisingly loft is the outlier um if you compare his xg unsurprisingly if you compare his xg for compared to his actual goals he is one of the most underperforming in the league uh, I'm not sure that is going to continue. Uh, he might not be an elite finisher, but I think he's due goals. So for him to be 130 to score any time uh, against the Mansfield side, who I, I anticipate are too short anyway, has to be a must bet. I mean, I, I think I'm basically going to be backing aloft 
if he's that price just every weekend because I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to start scoring uh, and he's being priced up as if he is not the most likely necessarily. So um, yeah, I think there's value in Scunthorpe and value in Loft. So 130 Loft anytime and, and laying Mansfield at 1.83. I'm laying Swansea at 1.9 on the Betfair exchange this weekend. And it's a funny one because I am talking about Swansea tomorrow night on Sky. And so I've been thinking a lot about them, particularly about their style of play and about how Russell Martin is going in terms of impl- how, how he's doing in terms of implementing, implementing, implementing in terms of implementing the Russ Martin way uh, at Swans. And I think we both agree that signs are good, that we're, we're positive about it. We're excited about it. We're, in, we're enjoying what we're seeing so far. And we think that Swansea are going to continue improving. Um, and, you know, it's been a good appointment and in general, positive things. Having said that, I've been looking quite specifically about their style of play and about how they build up and about what sort of chances they've been creating. And the one thing that that they could improve a lot on, and I think they will in time, because it's the sort of thing that takes time on the training ground and practice on the pitch. They're not really creating a load of big chances. They're not doing that well at the thing that we might expect them to get quite good at, which is breaking down low blocks, breaking down compact teams, creating chances inside the area. Their XG per shot is the sixth worst in the league. That suggests that they're not taking a ton of quality chances compared to their rivals. They've had the third fewest shots inside the six-yard box uh, in the championship and the second fewest shots in the penalty box as a whole. And if you watch all the goals that they've scored this season, you you kind of expect a load of slow build-up, uh, a load of sort of moving it around the, the final third and then you know a quick combination and a, and a finish inside the box. It's, it's not at all how they've been scoring their goals. So they've actually been getting a lot from clearly from Patterson. Uh, he has scored a couple of, of decent shots from range or from the edge of the box. Pirot has been unbelievable. Um, if, when you watch all of Swansea's goals this season, you realise just what a player he's been because in terms of dropping in, linking play, playing clever passes into players in behind, playing one-twos with Patterson, then spinning in behind himself to finish, uh, Pirot's been brilliant. But they haven't necessarily been as good at, at scoring when they've had loads of possession and they've been asked to, to break down a, a compact team defending in a, in a deep block, a low block. And Blackpool fit the bill for me. They're so compact. They've always been under Critchley, or at least in the last 12 months, incredibly difficult to break down. They love defending as a unit. I think they defend their box pretty well. I think they make it really difficult for teams to play through them. Uh, and I like this Blackpool side and I think they can avoid defeat here. Swansea just a bit too short for me, which is why I'm laying them. Blackpool have only lost two of their eight away games in the championship this season. Uh, and after conceding eight in their first five games, they were winless in five and it was a tough start to the season. But since then, across 12 games, only Fulham and Bournemouth have picked up more points than Blackpool in the championship. 23 points in 12 games they've been on an amazing run it's longer than a run now 12 games it's it's a a quarter of the campaign uh in total what's what's longer than a run a stretch Hmm, they're having critch is having a stretch um (laughs) and they've only conceded 12 in those 12 games so i like blackpool to avoid defeat here i think they can make it difficult for swansea to to do 
well, what they've been struggling to do uh, and break them down. Uh, and I would think that with two up top, whoever it might be, they're, they're pretty wedded to that Blackpool. I'm sure that springing uh, in transition, they can do some damage to Swansea as well. So a lay of Swansea at 1.9. Uh, I hope over the, the fullness of time, over the next stretch, Swans do start to improve in what I, I've said. And, and they do start to improve in their, in their final third uh, breakdown play. But so far, not so good. So here you go. I'm laying Swansea 1.9. Uh, goals bet is the only one left for you, isn't it? It is, mate. I am backing both teams to score in Portsmouth against AFC Wimbledon. Uh, it's 10 to 11, which as far as EFL, BTTS, yes, prices go, is, is, is pretty massive. Normally, yes, is, is a heavy favourite. And I think part of the reason for that is because AFC Wimbledon have been horrific uh, in front of goal in recent times. And kind of harking back to my reasoning the other day when I spoke about Malik Wilkes, why Hull should score. There's a. I'm not going to go through it, it game by game again, um, but there is reason to think that AFC Wimbledon are, are probably getting, whilst the performances aren't good, I'm not saying they're a good side who are getting unlucky, they're going to score soon, basically. You know, you look at their recent results, they lost 1-0 at Cambridge, they lost 2-0 at home to Wigan, uh, they beat uh, Lincoln the game before that uh, in the league, um, but we've seen them draw blanks against Rotherham, against Plymouth, um, like there's you know, a, a, a whole, given how good they were going forward at the beginning of the season. Um, there have been a, a lot of games so far where they've struggled to really impact games. And that, I think, is why we're getting the 10 to 11. Pompey, um, you know, had a massive win against Wickham and are actually in kind of sneaky, decent form in terms of actual um, results. You know, I, I'm in, in everyone's head because they're lowly league position. We still think of them as having a, a struggled start, but definitely things have turned under the Cowleys in the last couple of weeks in terms of results. But they, you know, we often hear about how teams did everything but score. I think um, Pompey did everything but concede against Wickham on the weekend. Uh, not only did um, Alex Bass save a, a Johnny, uh, sorry, a, a Joe Jacobson penalty, but we also saw him make a couple of massive saves in, in injury time. We saw um, Wickham hit the woodwork twice. It was an absolute onslaught on their goal. And, you know, even though um, I, I would anticipate that that Cowley, that Danny Cowley will make them a better defensive side in time. I think there are certainly um, issues there at the moment. So, yeah, it, it looks to me like a case where this has been priced up as being a, a very unlikely game where we're going to see both teams score. But I think there's enough for me, especially given um, AFC Wimbledon's poor defensive form. Well, both of the teams really, I think, are, are fairly. Um, you know, if you're on your if you're on your game, you can get at them effectively. So ten to eleven, I'm just backing BTTS. Yes, in that one. And I've got a BTTS double at one one last week. Not one one. I won one. I won one of these last week, <laughs> and I'm trying to do so again. One one would be fine in both of these games. In fact, uh, the double is is three point three seven. Uh, it's Walsall against Rochdale, BTTS, yes, at 1.87, uh, doubled up with Harrogate versus Salford, BTTS, yes, at 1.8. Walsall's game was part of my double last week, and it was their sort of late consolation that, that got that one up. 88% of their home games so far this season have gone BTTS, yes, 75% of Rochdale's away games, BTTS, yes. And Dale are just kind of chaotic. I would tend to back BTTS almost blind for Rochdale at the moment because I do think they've got a lot of quality going forward. Uh, and I think that the way they play can overwhelm teams. They have strong spells, but I, I think that they're like they've got the they've got the constitution of wet tissue paper at the back. They're just not strong <laughs> enough over ninety minutes to to grind out clean sheets yet. And so I like this BTTS. They've got the highest XG uh, against away from home. Dale not good at defending away from home. 
but only five teams have a better XG4 away from home. So they do find ways to hurt the opposition. Harrogate Salford, uh, 75% of Harrogate home games, BTTS, yes, and 71% of Salford's away games. Harrogate at home in general, 26 goals in eight games. They score uh, they score two goals a game in general. They concede more than one goal a game. And they're an open side and they attack with reckless abandon. Salford can have some joy against them. But I think both teams will score here. So that's the double at 3.37. Uh, excitingly, this week with Betfair is double daily rewards week. Now that means the normal multiples offer is twice as good. If you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders with Betfair Sportsbook, you'll receive a £10 free bet this week. Also to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's do apply, but double daily rewards week. If you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £10 free bet to use also on multiples or bet builders. My goal scorer is a centre-back for the first time in four weeks or so. It's Ross Sykes for Accrington against Sheffield Wednesday. Anytime at 18-1. to Spoke last week about how Accrington, when they play the quote-unquote bigger sides in the division, uh, they really go for it. And in general, they concede quite a few goals, but they almost always score them. And they have taken, per Opta analyst, the most set-piece shots in the league, Accrington. Um, they don't create hugely high-quality chances from them, um, much lower XG generated from those shots than your Rotherhams, your Burtons, your Wickhams. But they do very often get shots off from set-piece situations. That'll be an avenue of interest for them this weekend. And Sykes is the one for me. Um He's played 14 games this season. He's a very tall centre-back, I should say, for anyone who doesn't recognise the gangly psycho. Uh, he's had a shot in 10 of 14. Last week against Argyle, he had four shots per FB ref against Sunderland the other week. He had four shots. He's had three games where he's had two. Um, so six games of 14, two or more shots for Sykes. Uh, and I like him to get on the end of a set piece here. He's 18 to 1 anytime with the Betfair Sportsbook, and that's what I'm taking. Sheffield Wednesday have faced the eighth most set piece shots in the league. Accrington have taken the most. So Wednesday, not horrendous defensively from these, but certainly not impenetrable. Impenetrable. God, I always get that wrong. Why do I bother saying it? Uh, Ross Sykes, 18 to 1. Anytime goal scorer. It'd be great to get another CB up. Connor Shaughnessy, he's. In my rear view mirror now, that Shauna C21 winner. Um, we need to go again. George, why don't you recap your bets? Let's hope for a successful birthday weekend on the pod. Yes. Uh, my nap is Bristol Rovers to beat Tranmere at home. My next best is Middlesbrough to beat Millwall at home. I'm laying Mansfield and in the same game, backing Ryan Loft to score any time at 130. And I'm backing both teams to score, yes, Portsmouth versus AFC Wimbledon. Sounds like you glitched at the end there. <laughs> a little malfunction. I'm, thir I'm 31, so... My nap is the Forest Green Rovers. Uh, they'll be roving all over Hartlepool, I hope, at 11 to 10. Uh, Wickham will be wandering to victory against Bolton Wanderers at 21 to 20. I'm uh, laying Swansea 1.9 with the Betfair exchange. My BTTS double using the sports book of Betfair is at 3.37, and it's Walsall versus Rochdale. BTTS, yes. And Harrogate versus Salford, also BTTS, yes. The double, 3.37 with Betfair Sportsbook. And my goal scorer, Ross Sykes, 18-1 to to score any time for Accrington against Sheffield Wednesday. Let's hope for some birthday joy, many happy returns, etc., etc. George, it's been a pleasure. 
a huge thank you to our sponsors, Betfair, for their continued support of this podcast, but also to you, the listener, uh, for continuing to show up, continuing to tune in uh, as we tackle this EFL season on the Monday pod and on the betting show. It doesn't go unnoticed. We're very, very grateful for it. And we hope that you'll join us again on Monday for the Monday pod, breaking down the EFL weekend that we've just previewed. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go well. Bye.